Hey everybody, this is Fred Ricciani of TSC presenting you guys with an interview with Oscar Lazoya, who is the director of the independent film How We Met. This interview is conducted by our contributor Candace Smith. Special thanks to Mark Kruskal. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. How did you get your start in the film industry? Sure, so it's actually really weird. Um, as far as in the film industry, so I never meant to be a filmmaker. I was living in Bakersfield, California at the time I was going to Cal State Bakersfield, and my best friend mm-hmm. was actually studying film. Mm-hmm. And one day he just came up to me and was like, hey, dude, do you want to do a YouTube video with me? And, you know, um, he said, oh, I want to do a lightsaber battle. And, of course, I was like, yeah, I was, you know, a huge Star Wars fan at the time. So we shot this video, and he had the footage, and he never cut it together, and it was just kind of there hanging out. And one weekend, I got bored, and I just asked him, hey, can I have the footage? And so I grabbed the footage, and I, you know, my dad is a photographer, and so he had Adobe Premiere at his house, and, you know, so I was using his, um, his version of Adobe Premiere. And I cut together this lightsaber video, and I looked up, you know, how to do the lightsaber effect, and as silly as it sounds, like, even though the video was only, you know, one or two minutes, I fell in love with editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, you know, at the time I was a business student at Cal State Bakersfield, from there I, I you know, kind of thought, oh, if I could do this uh, the rest of my life, I think I would, you know, really enjoy it. And so I started looking for other jobs in Bakersfield that were mm-hmm. more production related. And I ended up getting a job with the local news station out there, KBAK, as a video editor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually just on really just luck. I originally applied for a story editor position just because I had no experience whatsoever. And I don't know if you, or I'm sorry, not story editor, but news desk. So basically, you know, at the news desk, you sit at a desk and people call and, you know, give possible stories or they'll tell you. So it's very entry level. Um, and it just so happens that the editor at the time was leaving. And so I expressed interest with the news director at the time, how much I really enjoyed editing and so she offered me that job instead. And I was there for a little less than a year. Um, and, you know, at that time I was going to school and working. And so I decided I wanted to go to school full time just to finish and get it done. So I quit my job with um, the news station and started, you know, maxing out on hours at school just to try to get everything done in a year. Wow. And um, during that time, I interned for the National Basketball Association. We have a semi-pro basketball team in mm-hmm. Bakersfield. And that was really weird, too, because I was an intern, um, but I worked with, it was a new pr- program with the NBA. It was called the TriCaster program, where we were streaming all of the games live over the internet. Um, and it just so happens that my boss ended up going, he got another job opportunity, so he left the company. And being that I you know, was interning under him, they just said, hey, here, you know, you're the most qualified. We can't train anybody else. Do you want to take his job? And so I went from being an intern to a TriCaster director, which was really cool over, hmm. you know, overnight. Hmm. But um, I did that for two seasons in Bakersfield. And then I ended up getting an internship with Warner Brothers my first year. And this wasn't in, in film at all. It was actually in marketing and digital research. I did that for one summer. And then my last summer for school, I interned with NBC Universal for the Law & Order franchise. Hmm. And I interned with them, and being that I was already done with school at the time, when I finished my internship program, they had a PA job open, and they asked me if I wanted to stay as the PA job. So, I mean, of course, I was just super thrilled, and so I moved to Los Angeles. Um, luckily, that's where the majority of my family is, so I stayed with some family for the meantime until I found my own place. Um, I, I worked as a PA for 
got all the experience from the MBA editing, I was able to use that to get into the union. So when the next step up came, which was assistant editor, I already had all my union days and we got a new show, Law & Order Los Angeles. And so they, they asked me if I wanted to be an assistant editor on that show. And mm-hmm. once again, of course, I accepted, you know, very happily. And so I worked on Law & Order Los Angeles for a season and before she got canceled. But it was really cool because it gave me the opportunity to go on other shows, you know, that that were in Los Angeles. I worked with probably one of the best editors I've ever encountered, um, Hiba Frasina. She brought me on to work with her as her assistant on Alcatraz, which was a bad robot J.J. Abrams show that only went on for a season. Um, But I worked with her on that and just learned a ton. And then I bounced around. I went, you know, I filled in for one of my friends on Psych, the TV show. It was on USA. I helped out on Rizzoli Niles. And then I worked on Californication for uh, two seasons, which was, you know, probably one of my favorite shows ever. And there, too, I worked with amazing editors. I worked with one um, editor, the one that brought me on, Shannon Mitchell, who's just, you know, super talented, but not only that, just an awesome person to be around and just work with. So I worked there for um, two seasons, and then I went back to Wolf Films. They had a new show going on, Chicago Fire. So I worked on the pilot there, um, went back to Californication for the second season, or I'm sorry, for the um, first season. And then once that season was over, I went back to Chicago Fire when it got picked up. And I was an assistant editor on that show and once again worked with amazing people, amazing editors um, for three seasons. And then on season three last year, I um, was lucky enough that they asked me to to jump in as editor. One of our editors, Megan DiArco, she was taking maternity leave, so I filled in for her. Hmm. And so I finished the last two episodes. And then this season, um, one of the editors left, and so they asked me to fill in for her. And I've been an editor on that show a full season now, and I'm coming back um, next season, season five, as an editor as well. Oh, that's wonderful. That sounds great. sounds like you have had a ton of experience. And I just want to know, how does one go from working on all of these wonderful shows and getting so much experience to then taking the leap to creating your own movie? Sure. So, um, you know, when I worked for the NBA, I was, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, a a TriCaster director, so... I had my own small crew, and we would make promo videos, um, you know, commercials for our team. And so that was one aspect that, you know, throughout post-production that I kind of missed. I kind of missed being out there and shooting. And so on the side, as I've been working full-time, I've always had, you know, stuff I do, like um, with Chad and Brian, who are the other writers on the on the movie. You know, we do a lot of YouTube sketches, and I've been involved with different web, web series that my friends have done. And so I've always kind of, you know, done stuff on the side. And so I, I really just enjoy directing and I love, you know, being on set. And, and my dad's a photographer as well. So I kind of grew up with more of the production background mm-hmm. and I really miss shooting. And so this was a, a really good opportunity. I had, you know, the summer off, this was a really good opportunity um, for me to just kind of jump into it. And the timing just worked out really well where Chad and Brian, who, um, you know, we made the movie together. They also were able to get the time off, and uh, it was just kind of one of those leap, but or one of those things that we just kind of fell into. But you know, like I said, we we've actually always done sketches on the side and and YouTube videos. Um, you know, this whole time, so I, I've constantly always been directing little, you know, a little here and a little there. Wonderful. And what or who was the inspiration diving into your movie How We Met? And from what I understand, this is your first full-length feature film. Is that correct? 
Yes, that's okay, correct. Okay, great. Um, so who or what was the inspiration behind this movie? Sure. So it's, it's actually really funny, and this just kind of <laughs> shows how it goes full circle. So mm-hmm. it was back in 2011. I was helping out one of my friends with this video contest thing. I didn't really know what it was at the time, but it was the Dance with Film two-minute short competition. Mm-hmm. And it was basically a film festival where you have two minutes to shoot a short film, and then they present it at the end, and then, you know, whoever... Or they present it at the end um, of the film festival, and they choose a winner. But while I was there, I actually, you know, kind of was just interested in all the movies that I'd never been to a film festival before, so I was just interested in all the movies that were uh, showing. And one movie that I saw was The Pill. And mm-hmm. The Pill was just really, really interesting, and I just thought it was a brilliant piece of filmmaking because, it, you know, a couple that was forced to stay together because of an incident. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the pill, it was basically, you know, they were forced to stay together. So this woman who this guy had a one night stand with will take the morning after pill. Mm-hmm. Um, with us, you know, I saw that idea and I just really just loved it how they were forced to stay together and you didn't need a big budget. You didn't need to have a lot of crazy VFX for this. And I thought, you know, this is such a good idea. I want to take it to the next level. And so Chad, who, like I was saying, we do a lot of videos and sketches together. I talked to him about the whole idea. And just thought, you know, this is really, really cool. I love the way that this film forces two people to stay together um, to basically achieve a goal. And so we said, you know, let's take it to another level. Let's take it to an even zanier level. What if they kill somebody and they're forced to stay together? Um, and it's, you know, then Chad, of course, you know, also brings to the level. Oh, and it's their first date. You know, they had never met before and mm. they hate each other. And so from there, it just kind of evolved. And then, you know, Brian came in the mix as well. And Brian also has just a really broad, zany sense of comedy. And so he he jumped in and, you know, had some ideas going forward. And so it was primarily, um, you know, me and Chad that had the base of the idea. But then Brian really came and helped out and, and just, I guess, wrapped it or closed it to, to, for it to be what the movie is, you know, today. So Nice. And what I really took from this film was how we date in today's modern world and I mean from the first few scenes that we come across as viewers I just thought it was flat out hilarious and very relatable so I'm just curious to know what is your take on dating today and just how we've evolved from meeting people in real life or IRL basically to swiping right or left on tinder or other apps and I think that's what your movie kind of picks up on from the very first point and and I loved how it progressed and and just basically was a take on how people do meet in real life so I'm just wondering what your stance is on that and what you think about modern dating yeah I mean it's it's really funny I'm probably the worst person to ask about (laughs) this question because I don't date whatsoever Mm -hmm. I'm I'm honestly I don't want to say a workaholic but I'm constantly working so I very I, I have very little time to date. Sure. Uh, one thing I will say, though, I think it does tremendously depend on, and this is all, of course, coming from friends that I talk to, mm-hmm. it does tremendously depend on where you're at mm-hmm. as far as, you know, where you live. Um, you know, I live, right now I live in Los Angeles, but I lived for a very long time in the small town, I should say small town, but smaller town of Bakersfield, California. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is just a totally different culture as far as dating. You know, there in Bakersfield, um, I feel like it's a little bit more organic the way you meet, you know, you go out, a lot of my friends, you know, are married to their high school sweethearts or their college sweethearts, mm-hmm. and so they, they kind of met them in person, whereas in LA or in a bigger city, 
it's a lot different because there's so many people around and there's so many things to do. It's almost overwhelming. It's like the best way I could almost explain it. It's like when you go onto Netflix. Okay. With Netflix, there's so many movies to watch and you're <laughs> almost there for an hour by itself just trying to figure out what movie to watch. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of how the dating life in LA is, you know, once again, from other people that I've talked to, mm-hmm. um, as, as in the sense that it's just so hard to just find somebody to go on a date with, period. Mm-hmm. that, you know, it's it's just overwhelming. And, and I think that's why so many of my friends, too, are on the dating apps, like you were saying, like Tinder, where you swipe right or left, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, for, for me anyway, or from what I hear, that's probably the one of the most common um, things I hear is how people meet nowadays is Tinder, <laughs> and then I think another one is OkCupid. And mm-hmm. it's not, you know, that I don't think people don't enjoy meeting um, others in real life from the get-go, I think it's just a lot harder, especially in Los Angeles. Mm. I, I can certainly understand that being on the other side or the other coast, I should say, in New York. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, so I also want to ask you, who were the inspirations behind the two main characters, the male and lead characters, who I thought were fabulous, the actors that portrayed them? And I just wanted to know, was there anyone that you fashioned them from um, both fictional or non-fictional, or was it just kind of organic writing the characters just based on your own imagination? Yeah, well, so a lot of this, uh, really, Chad developed these characters, or I should say, Chad wrote these characters, okay. and I really helped them, I helped as far as the development goes. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anything that was too big. One thing that I told Chad at the beginning was, you know, I always, I believe in that balance, you know what I mean? One of my favorite, favorite movies, you know, in the world is uh, Something About Mary. Yes, same. <laughs> the thing that makes that movie, I think, so um, amazing and just so well made is mm-hmm. the balance and you know I mean Ben Stiller is really zany all these crazy things happen to him and um, you know Diaz is great too but the thing that you notice about Diaz the whole time is for the most part I mean she plays it straight she plays it like a real human mm-hmm. you know um, and I think that's really what we were trying to hit was that that fine balance of zaniness but realism at the same time and that that was really the character that I wanted for Marie you know, I didn't want her to, to, you know, throw jokes out left and right. I wanted her to be the reaction, you know. And that's one other thing, too, that I, I'm a firm believer on in comedy is a lot of what's funny is just the reactions from the surrounding. And that's mm-hmm. what I really wanted for Marie was her reaction to tell how crazy everything was going on or to, to really define how crazy everything was going on by her reactions, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And speaking of surroundings, where was How We Met filmed? So, How Me, How We Met was filmed in three locations. Mm-hmm. Primarily, it was all shot in Flagstaff, Arizona. Okay. Uh, and Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. And then I, so I was visiting my family at the time after we shot the movie. So I was doing a lot of like random pickup shots and uh, stock shots in Albuquerque. But the majority, I'd say about 60%, maybe 55% was shot in Flagstaff. Okay. And the other majority was shot in Los Angeles. Um, and that was actually, you know, that's that's kind of a really cool story, too, as far as why we shot there. Chad and Brian are both from Flagstaff. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we shot the whole movie in eight days. I don't know if mm. Mark you know, told you about this, but, you know, it was really on a whim. Um, we, you know, all of us only had about two weeks off. And so we shot the whole thing in eight days for a thousand bucks. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that in L.A. it was going to be a little bit more difficult to get location just because everybody here in L.A. 
you know, they see movies being shot left and right, so they're not as excited about it. Whereas in flight staff, you know, we would go and literally people just saw that we were making a movie and they would just offer locations to us, um, you know, if, if okay. we would like put them in the movie or, you know, make sure their business is featured. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a really, really different experience than what we're used to. And it was just honestly amazing. And I think that's why we were able to get it done in such a short amount of time because, you know, we would go from just one location to another. And even, you know, towards the end, I don't know if you realize, but um, mm-hmm. one of, or the, the closing scene was actually in a dispensary in a pot warehouse. Really? And that, okay. that location, yeah, it, you know, that location, we didn't have until we were there in Flagstaff. We we had locked down a location for Eddie Better's green room. Mm-hmm. And while we were talking to the owner, he was like, do you guys need any other locations? And we were like, we think we have everything, but what do you got? And so he was like, I actually have a giant warehouse just you know, full of pot <laughs> that I put my dispensary out of. And, you know, we, we ended up switching our last location to that because, I mean, you just can't pass up on that production value. Sure, sure. Um, so it was, it was just a really, really cool experience filming in Flagstaff. Mm. Um, and, you know, pretty much everything that you see that's nighttime car driving is all in Los Angeles. And with the Jonathan Kehoe scene with... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, with the officer Ron scene, that was also in Los Angeles. So we, we balanced it. We mixed and matched a lot. And the reason we shot in Los Angeles was because of Jonathan. We just really, really wanted him to play that part. We loved, um, you know, we had all worked with him prior. And we think he's an amazing actor. And so mm-hmm. we decided to hold off and shoot that piece in Los Angeles so we could get him. Oh, that sounds great. And I mean, with a budget of $1,000, and I know that that's a price that might shock many of our listeners, but I know in the independent film world, that's something that's not quite shocking. What were some of the obstacles that you came across having such a small budget? So the way we did it is we kind of just used all the equipment that we had available. Mm -hmm. Um, I had already had two Blackmagic cameras that I bought on like Craigslist the year prior. Um, But you know, honestly, if I could do it again, the biggest thing that I, I don't want to see regret because I don't regret it because it was a, it was a big learning experience, mm-hmm. but we didn't have a sound guy. And uh. it's so crazy because that's the first role they always tell you, you know, right. when making anything is make sure your sound is on point. Um, what we used was the Eddie Burns style of uh, sound recording where basically we lav the actor and then we run the, the lavalier to a pack so nobody's actually monitoring the um, the audio at all so it could pretty much be horrible audio and nobody will know but you know that's the way we've always done it before you know when we made our YouTube videos and we very rarely ever had a problem but at the same time when we did our YouTube videos we weren't shooting 22 pages a day and going to five different locations you know <laughs> sure um, and so it was that was one of the biggest things. We just couldn't afford a sound guy. Like, mm-hmm. I called, you know, one of my buddies who normally gives me a, a discounted rate. And, you know, even him, I told him, I was like, dude, we only have a thousand bucks. Can you help us out in any way? He was like, dude, I, you know, not only I would love to do it, but you guys are going to Flagstaff to shoot. So if I would, you know, if it was in LA and I could work for you guys in the morning and then still make money at night, I would totally be, you know, be 100%. But, you know, we, we decided, you know, you know, we didn't have the budget to not to forgo a sound guy, and that really, really um, made it more difficult for me in post production because I was also syncing and editing. I didn't have an assistant editor. I was also, mm-hmm. you know, doing the whole workflow myself. So it literally probably took me up almost, I'd say, a month to just sync all the dailies before I was able to start cutting. Okay. Whereas if we had a proper sound guy, I would have been able to log everything. 
um, you know, the takes were, you know, hours upon hours. There were, there were no cuts because they were just, we were just rolling the whole time. So that was a big, you know, issue when it comes to our budget and, and just, a, you know, small of the things too. I wish we had better props, um, you know, but once again, I don't regret anything because it was a learning experience and, and you know, I'm really glad we made the movie. Definitely. And I'm glad you guys made the movie, too, because it's really good and it's really funny. Um, So I have to ask this question, especially being a Law & Order SVU (laughs) fangirl. So how did you secure Ice-T to narrate this film? Sure. Um, So like I told you, I used to work on Law & Order, uh, the whole series. Mm -hmm. At one point, I was uh, a post-PA on that show. Um, I still work right now currently with the whole Dick Wolf family and so every year I go to New York and shadow a director just because you know I'm, I'm always constantly trying to learn and just trying to trying to improve and so I've met Ice um, on an occasion and and you know we always had a narrator in place for that opening and closing mm-hmm. of the movie and you know I'm, he's just hilarious honestly Ice-T <laughs> and uh, as silly as it sounds I always pictured him doing it mm. and we brought on um, one of the producers I work with, Mark Dragon, who's a super, super talented guy, really nice guy. And I asked him, I was, you know, I was, you know, I just pretty much said, honestly, I was like, what are the chances you think Ice would narrate this movie? And he said, I don't know, but I could guide you and help you as to who you should ask, you know, because he knows, you know, Ice's manager and mm-hmm. some of the producers on set. And so I, I shot an email out to one of the producers on set that I know as well. And I pretty much asked him the same question. I just said, you know, hey, uh, do you think Ice would be up for this? And I never got a, an email back right away. And then the next day, you know, the producer, um, this guy named Mike, super nice guy as well, just amazing. Um, he emails me back. You know, apparently he didn't even ask Ice. He just said, hey, uh, or I'm sorry, he didn't. He, Mike, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. I never asked him, can Ice do this? I said, do you think it's okay if I ask Ice? He just went straight, straight to Ice and just asked him for me and said, hey, Oscar made a movie. Can you narrate it? And so uh, he emails me back the next day and he's like, hey, I said he'll, he'll do it for you, uh, no problem. And within a month, I got the voiceover files that we had written. So it was just really, really cool that they, you know, jumped in and helped me out on that. That's amazing. And did you actually want Ice to also be in the movie? Was that something you were considering or was it just not going to fit in into the script itself? I don't know if you, if you were just seeing him as the narrator and um, besides having an appearance in the movie as well. No, no, we, we had never really thought about that. It was mm. just the voiceover narration piece. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, granted, if, if you would have wanted to be in the movie, we would have loved to have him. <laughs> of <laughs> so, course. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, what, the other thing to think about, too, is, you know, he resides in New York. And sure. once again, our budget mm-hmm. was so tiny, mm-hmm. you know, just the plane ticket alone would have cost more than our whole budget. That's true. That's very true. Exactly. So for our viewers who have yet to see this movie and might be interested in checking it out. Yeah, of course. So there's a couple different ways. Um, We have, so if you go to our website, Mm howwemetthemovie.com, you'll see under screenings, there's a link that will forward you to the tickets. Or if you actually go to the Dance with Films website, it's dancewithfilms.com and then uh, how we met or slash how we met. You could also buy tickets that way. Perfect. And are you going to have any future screenings around the country for our other listeners and viewers who might who aren't, you know, in California and not able to catch it that way? Yes. So um, we also, which is something I'm, I'm very, very 
super proud of. We got accepted into the Roxbury Film Festival. Oh, congratulations. Like, yeah, yeah, thank you so much. What takes place in Boston. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be screening our movie uh, July 1st at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. Um, and then we're also going to be screening at the Hudson Valley Film Festival. We haven't, we don't have an official date yet, but it's going to be sometime or somewhere in Hudson Valley, New York. Excellent. Perfect. And I'm sure we will definitely keep our viewers and listeners prying to your website and just keeping a lookout for future screenings. And if you could describe how we met in just a few sentences, um, what would you tell our viewers and listeners um, who are interested in just maybe getting a brief synopsis of the film? Sure. So How We Met is basically a dark comedy about a couple that goes on a blind date that goes horribly wrong, and they end up killing a cop. <laughs> um, they, When they do this, they get involved in a larger picture um, of what the cop was involved in. The cop was actually involved in a, in a huge drug deal that night that mm-hmm. they have to take over for. And so throughout the way, they just get immersed in a zany, crazy world and have to learn to trust each other by the end of the movie. Excellent. I would agree. And I shouldn't have laughed at the kill a cop part. I'm only laughing because I've seen the whole movie. So I understand just the trajectory about that. I was like, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't giggle at that part. But it's it's a great movie. It's really funny. And it's my type of comedy. It's dark and, and really raises some great points that are relevant for today's society. Um, so just going back to your filmmaking, what are your future plans? Um, do you have any other movies that you're thinking about? And if so, um, what are they? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm actually right now working on a movie that I hope to shoot this summer. Um, It's kind of, I would describe it as a modern-day Ferris Bueller. Mm, Um, So I'm I'm kind of working on that, and I want to shoot it in July. And then, um, you know, one thing I have to give a shout-out to is um, the other guys that I made this movie with, Chad and Brian, they actually already shot a movie. Brian directed it. Um, It's called Alex and Jamie, and they're working on that. That'll hopefully, I think, be out at the sometime in the fall this year. But um, as far as me goes, I'm going back to Chicago Fire in late July, early August, after I shoot the movie, hopefully. And I still constantly put out, you know, small sketches on my YouTube channel, Oscar Renee. Perfect, perfect. And could you please um, just verify the website for How We Met one more time, just for our listeners? Yeah, howwemetthemovie.com. Excellent. Well, that is all of the questions that I have for you today, Oscar. Thank you so much for taking the time out to interview with us. We really, really appreciate talking with you. And we're so excited for your future success and just really amped for our listeners to see this film. It's a wonderful movie. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having us, Candice. We really appreciate it. You're welcome.